Hi, y'all. I was a bit conflicted about the message tonight. Uh, what theme to go with? Uh, I named this message Neighbors, and I, I thought, well, should we use this theme? <laughs> Not bad, huh? By applause, how many like this theme? Or, sh or should we use this theme? Tim the two made how many like that one? I, I want you to know I wrestled with that for quite a while, but then I thought, we're scum of the earth, and this is Halloween. So I decided to go with neighbors from hell. There you go. But I, even with that, I, you know, late this afternoon, I'm still going, should I go with one of the others? But I'll tell you what, what tripped it for me is the fire around it. Because, you know, really, we might not even be here if it wasn't for a concerned neighbor. We had a neighbor that was afraid that we were going to perish in a fire because our doors swung in instead of out. And out of his kindness, he... Uh, he made arrangements for us to meet in another building for several months while, while our, our doors get fixed. So, tonight we're going to talk about neighbors. You know, they're out there. You can't escape them. They're masked with bright smiles and floppy hats. But beneath it, they're all evil. They spread across the world with the sole purpose of annoying the crap out of me. I can say crap because I heard Mike Sayers say something a lot worse from up here. They are your neighbors from hell. Some may be gardeners. Some might be mechanics. Some might just be your typical loving family, a husband and his two wives. To the ordinary eye, they may appear to be common coffee drinkers who look out for your car when you're not around. But be careful. They are sinister in their motives and their deeds. The Bible says to love your neighbor and your enemy. I think that's because oftentimes they're one and the same. The neighbor and the enemy are the same one. That's why God tells us to love both. This here, this lady, next slide. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of her. Her name is Kay Hartwig. She's an attorney from Montana, a real powerful attorney. She's fought with her neighbor, Billy Bob Thomas. He's a window glazer. He got a permit to build a house, and she fought him. But she lost, and he got to build his house. And it ruined her beautiful view. Look at this view. She had this view, and he built that house right in front of her, and it really made her mad. I, I just want to say at this point, you guys would be impressed if you knew what I edited out of the things I wanted to say. She lost that fight. And then a few years later after fighting and bickering back and forth with him, 
he went down and got a permit to add a second story. She took him to court again, and she won. Here's a picture of her and her team out on the, uh, the courthouse steps, just celebrating. Yay, we won. But she forgot one important thing, and that is that her neighbor is a window glazer. And he, uh, <laughs> apparently, apparently in this section of Montana, uh, let's go with the next one. Apparently, you don't have to get a permit to, to change a window. <laughs> Round one for Billy Bob. All right, if this is going to be a message, we're going to have to do a... Uh, a, um, a scripture here and there. So let's throw a scripture in. Galatians 5.14, the entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's a tough one to swallow sometime. You know, uh, we worked with uh, Scum and, and housed Scum over at the toll gate for a while and shared a space and and, and became really close to Scum, and then God had us move up to Washington. We didn't know why, but eventually we ended up starting Scum of the Earth Seattle. But when we moved up there, we moved into uh, an area out on the peninsula, and we li lived on this road that winded down and just went down to the water. It's kind of a downhill thing, you know, and uh, there it is. And as you walk out our door, up the hill, there's a neighbor. Down the hill, there's a neighbor. Right up here is Steve. Steve is a good man. When Steve first moved in, the day he moved in, I heard that familiar sound that I hadn't heard since I was a kid. Hello, the house. And I'm going, who's that? That's what you say out in the country if you're approaching a house of a neighbor or something. That way you don't get shot. So we go out front, and it's Steve. Sticks out his hand and shakes her hand, and he goes, I'm your new neighbor. I just wanted to come over and give you the, the, the code to get in my garage and in my house. And I go, really? And he goes, yeah, because I'm in the Army, and I'm over in Kuwait and Iraq and in Afghanistan. He, I train SWAT teams. And already he's on my side. You know, he's my kind of guy. <laughs> he says, uh, I, I brew my own beer. <laughs> you know, I'm going, can I marry two people? I want to marry Steve, too. That other guy did. He says, I just want you to have the key in case you ever need anything. I've got like 500 CDs, and uh, if you want to copy them or anything, just welcome. I got beer in there. And if you can drink all the beer you want, it's just, if you drink my last beer, I'm going to kill you. And he says, no, you can drink the last beer, but, but when... Just replace it so when there's something there when I get home. He said, also, come over here and let me show you our shop. I go, oh, our, is there more people moving in? He goes, no, me and you, neighbor. He unlocked his shop. This is his shop. He's got that. He's also got a lift for cars, all the tools. And he goes, you want to build something? Here's your key to the shop. If you want to work on your car, here's how the lift works. Welcome, neighbor. I just want you to know I'm going to be a good neighbor. Steve, he, over the course of the five years we were up there, he was an amazing guy. 
we would play guitar and sing and drink beer and talk. And one day he said, look, I got me a brand new electric guitar. And we were playing. I'm playing my acoustic. He's playing electric. And then he says, I wish you had an electric guitar so we could play. Three days later, UPS shows up with this guitar. No, the, <laughs> with that guitar. Not the propane tank. And it's a left-handed one, my model, and, he, and I, I call him up and go, what's the deal? And he goes, I wanted to play electric guitar with you, so I got you one. About six months later, donations were down in the ministry. Our support wasn't coming through, and we're burning fire logs out back around the campfire to stay warm. All of a sudden, one morning, I come out, and there's a propane truck out front filling up my go-back. My propane tank, 500-gallon tank. I go, whoa, 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 I didn't order propane. He goes, that's okay, your neighbor did. I looked over there, and Steve's sipping a cup of coffee, standing in the yard in his bathrobe, going, howdy, neighbor. And I go, Steve, I can't pay for this. He goes, I know, that's why I got it. 580 bucks worth of propane he put in my tank. Why? Because he's my neighbor. I want you to know something. Steve's easy to love. Love your neighbor as yourself. That works for me. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians 4, 9. And it says, Now about brotherly love, we do not need to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another. I love Steve. He's a good man. Wow. I got good notes. I said, I love Steve. He's a good man. I looked down there and it says, I love Steve. He's a good man. I got this thing memorized. I don't need this. Yeah, I do. I need it. I'm sorry. I want to read another verse to you. 1 John 2.10. Whosoever loves his brother lives in the light, and there is nothing in him to make him stumble. Steve lived up there, right up on the hill. It's just The road goes down there. He's there. You walk down this little hill, and there's our place. And then, then you walk on down on this side. Let me tell you about Mike. This is Mike. <laughs> Mike lived just down the hill from me. You know where the fumes would come up? Uh, Mike liked to burn garbage. Everybody else, you know, number one, it's against the law. Everybody else in the area, you got to have the dumpster out front, and the trash guy comes by and picks it up and dumps it, and you wheel it back up. Not Mike. He burns it. Uh, by the way, here's the view I enjoyed out my back door looking at the area below his house trailer. That's what it looked like. Oh, did I mention that, that, uh, that Mike owned 30 cats? Some of them was pretty vicious. And, and then some not so much. But for some reason, all 30 decided that my yard was the kitty litter box. Mike, he's harder to love. For the first few months that we lived there, I tried to talk to him. About maybe cutting back a few cats, possibly starting a garbage service like the rest of us, or perhaps even cleaning up the yard a bit. But eventually, I began plotting other tactics to promote change. 
One day I was working in the yard. I can smell that Mike is out there burning trash again. You know, trash ain't bad, but he burnt garbage. And you know when fumes don't come out of the garbage can and go down the hill? They come right up the hill. It helps mask the smell of cat poop all over my yard. So I think, here's what I'll do. I'll write a, an anonymous letter to the county. That's what I'll do. I'll call the cops. Maybe I'll send them a letter anonymously also, of course. But then God reminds me what he says in uh, Zechariah. Do not plot evil against your neighbor, and do not love to swear falsely. I hate all this, declares the Lord. Crap. But I've got to get back at him somehow. How can I stop that stench of burning garbage from creeping up this hill? Then I hear God again in Leviticus. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against one of your people. But love your neighbor as yourself. I am God. Damn. Now, when I say damn, I mean like a thing up there that holds water back. So don't get all religious on me and stuff. I was thinking I'd just build a dam right there. Dam. So the next day I went out to pick up dog, or excuse me, cat crap. Sometimes it felt like it. Around the yard. I happened to glance down the hill, and there's Mike smiling up at me and waving. Well, with the conviction of the Lord on me. So I say to Mike, looks like a nice spring day, you inconsiderate, cat-hoarding, trash-burning jerk. I said that in my head. It didn't come out out loud. So I said to myself, so I tried real hard to come up with something godly to say. And the most, most godly thing I could say to the man without being offensive and without giving myself a heart attack, I said to him, that was about it. <laughs> but that was a mistake because somehow Mike confused with, and he said, hold on, I'll be right there. And I'm going, crap, here comes Mike. So Mike comes walking up the hill. He runs up and he goes, hold on, hold on. And he comes up and he says, hey, John. The wife baked some cookies, and I wanted to bring you some of them. It's funny how an innocent act can suddenly appear so sinister. Kind of like, come to the dark side. We have cookies. <laughs> there they are. So I thought, I'm not going to eat them cookies. They probably poisoned them. They didn't look like that. They looked like the first tray of cookies. But in my mind, they looked like that. As Mike walked back down to his house, the scripture popped into my head. Romans 13, 9. The commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet, and whatever other commandments there may be are summed up in this one rule, 
Love your neighbor as yourself. All right, I want to interject something here. Were any of you guys here last, last week? Jesse preached last week, and in the middle of his message, he said, you ever find you disagree with Scripture? Well, I sit there, and I thought about it a while, and I, when Jesse got through, I went over and told him. I said, Jesse, you know something? I can honestly tell you I have never in my life disagreed with Scripture, with anything the Bible said. But I can tell you, on, on many occasions, I find that Scripture disagrees with me. And, and what I mean by that is there's two Johns. There's two of every one of you. There's the flesh person and the spirit person. Who's that that's got that shirt on that says, Without Jesus, I suck? There it is. See that shirt? I find that shirt offensive. And the reason is is because I've, it's kind of condescending to me because, yeah, without Jesus, she sucks. But I even suck with Jesus, you know? And it's like, it's like I suck without Jesus, but you just suck, you know? So I, I try, you know, the, the Spirit John never disagrees with anything the Bible says, but the Bible disagrees with everything the flesh John stands for. I've often argued with God, not like that guy that wrestled with God all night long and broke his leg. I didn't make it that long. You know, when I argue with God, it's like I'm in a fist fight and never get off a punch. It's like I'm whooped in five minutes and it's like, crap. There, I said it again. I, I was, I, I'm on a three-crap limit. Well, there they are, all three of them. <laughs> Sometimes I find I'm giving God advice. Other times I'm outright arguing with him, and I'm pointing my finger up at and telling him, you know, you need to pray about that. And... Uh, God, why do we got to go straight... To love thy neighbor. Why can't we have like some kind of 12-step program? You know, like love puppies. <laughs> love your truck. Love babies. By the way, that's my grandson, Beckett. How about a round of applause for Beckett? Love your wife. That's, uh, that's uh, Jim Croach uh, messing around with Mike's wife. <laughs> Love your kids. Love orphans. How about love your coworkers? There you go. If you don't know, that's Reese Roper up there. Love total strangers. There's a good one. Love the mailman. Love your boss. Love cats. Well, it ain't that good. And then finally, love Mike. But no, we have to go to straight to love your neighbor. As yourself. No 12-step program. And I'm yelling at God, and he goes, I did give you a step program. I go, excuse me? He says, Luke 10, 27, step one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And step two, 
Love your neighbor as yourself. One day I was preparing a message for Scum Seattle. And, uh, you know, I'm diabetic, and, and sometimes you got to eat when you don't feel like you got to eat. You just know that you got to eat something. But I get to writing and working, and I forget to eat. Sometimes I go a long time without eating. And Raylene was uh, out of town at the time, and I'm, I'm working away at the computer, and all of a sudden I hear a knock at the door. I go there and open the door, and uh, Steve's standing there. He says, howdy, neighbor. Opened the door and found out he's handed me a plate of ribs. You guys are hungry. Missing a meal here is tough on you, ain't it? I think we'll just sit on that slide for a while. <laughs> Steve said, I figured you could use something to eat. Oh, and by the way, those go down really good with this. And he hands me a beer. And as he turns to walk away, he says, oh, by the way, you're going to need these. And he hands me a roll of paper towels, and he goes home. And I'm going, I love Steve. I love Steve. <laughs> then it hits me. Steve's my neighbor. I choose him. He doesn't say love all your neighbors. I choose Steve. <laughs> and it seemed like for the last four days, God keeps throwing up in my face all the things that he's been saying, but he didn't do that this time. He spoke to me my own words. This time, he used my words to convict me. It's better to adjust your morals to fit within the Word of God than to adjust the Word of God to fit within your morals. It's better to love them into heaven than to scare them out of hell. And God's convicting me with the, own, with the things that come out of my own heart. And I yell up at God, but this is Mike. You try living next to him. And he says, I thought I was living next to him. And he gives me Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live. But Christ lives within me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The next morning, I stepped out on my porch once again. And I glanced up the hill at Steve's house. Then downhill at Mike's trailer. Then it hit me. Gosh. I wonder if I'm Steve's Mike. Then I had this uh, kind of a pay it forward epiphany. Epiphany. One of those things. Epiphany. <laughs> pay it forward. I got it. I'll give the cookies to Steve. Matthew 5, 43 through 47 says, Love your enemies. You have heard it said, Love your neighbor and hate your enemies. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Causes the sun to shine on evil and good. Evil. 
causes the rain to fall on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, Steve, what reward will that get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Don't even the pagans do that? Love Mike as myself. Friends, we've got to either start loving our neighbor more or loving ourselves less. Or maybe a combination of both. In Romans 12, 18, it says, If it is all possible, as much as depends on you, live peacefully with all people. You know, in the end, this is not a sermon or a message about having a bad neighbor. It's about being a good neighbor. It all comes down to this in John 13, verse 34 and 35. A new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. I want to be a disciple. But I cannot claim to be a disciple if I keep giving him So I'm sure that in reality, he looked up at me and smiled the way I look up at Stephen's smile. We need to turn it the other direction and smile. Love the unlovable, touch the untouchable. Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. We got to just start loving. Thank you.